Welcome to the Wingman Men's Moment, a weekly podcast of the Wingman Nation Men's Ministry, a scripturally driven men's ministry with three goals for every man, striving to be better husbands, better fathers, and more Christ-like and godly men. Join Wingman Nation co-founders Randy Ferreira and Pastor Jay Dennis and an occasional special guest as they discuss issues relevant to a man's needs, struggles, habits, and hurts. And now, here's Randy and Pastor Jay. Welcome to our Wingman Men's Moment podcast. I'm co-founder Jay Dennis, along with co-founder Randy Ferreira. Hey, Randy. Jay, good morning. Good morning. We are focusing on how a man can become the effective spiritual leader of his home. And today we're continuing to look at the third characteristic, which is an honorable husband and what that means. Last week we looked at, number one, a trait of an honorable husband is he places his wife second in order of priorities. Number two, he lives a life worthy of honor and respect. Number three, three, he has a weekly date with his wife. And number four, he is sexually faithful. So let's look at number five. A trait of an honorable husband, he is a good forgiver. Paul, in speaking of one who knows and loves God, says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. And then he said, Bear with one another and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. One of the best definitions of forgiveness I've ever heard is choosing to surrender your right to hurt back someone who has hurt you through their actions, words, attitude, or neglect. As the spiritual leader of your home, you should always take the initiative on seeking forgiveness when you're wrong and on giving forgiveness when your wife or your children were wrong. Forgiving is the highest and the most beautiful kind of love. And in marriage, Randy, there is always an opportunity to forgive. So we should be a good forgiver, always being willing to choose to surrender our rights to hurt back when we've been hurt. Yeah, and I love that, Jay, because a lot of times we as men are so prideful. Yes. And Satan uses that pride. He does. And blocks our ability to to be humble and say, I'm sorry, or forgive when our wives or something has done something that that has offended us. Exactly. But even if I've noticed that even if we are right in an argument or something happens, it doesn't really matter. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it really doesn't. We should just be going forward to try to reconcile and ask for forgiveness because chances are if we've gotten to a point in the relationship where there's been an argument or something has happened, both of us have probably said some things right. we would regret. Yes. Or we've raised our voice, which we shouldn't do that mm. either. But, you know, we're human and things happen. So if we can be... As the spiritual leader, the the one who takes the initiative. That's a good point. To 
either ask for forgiveness or at least, hey, I'm sorry we had this issue. Let's talk. That's right. The initiative should be taken by the spiritual leader, uh, the man of the home. Good point, my friend. Number six is uh, being an excellent listener. Mm. Boy, I don't know if a man, an excellent listener, can be in the same (laughs) sentence. (laughs) But, you know, James gives us great advice on listening. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And that's 119. Mm. You know, guys, it's so difficult in a lot of our time to listen to our wife and our children. We're all day listening at our jobs. And, you know, when we get home, we feel like we just want to sit down, rest, turn on the TV, not think about anything, not listen to anybody. And, you know, that's, that's what Satan wants us to do. Yeah. And that's what our human nature tells us to do. But when we get home, a lot of times our wives... It's the first and only time they're really speaking to an adult or they've had a busy day and they want to share a lot of different things that happened in their life because they haven't shared with anybody. They're either with the children or doing errands or whatever they're doing or they're working, too. Mm -hmm. And they're sick of all of the work stuff and they want to talk about just some things that may have happened. So we have to dig deep. Because sometimes it is difficult. Right. And, and you know, ask for God's help. And when we're listening, we got to really listen. Yes. Put down our phones. Put down the remotes. Mm. Look at them right in their eyes. Yes. You know, eye-to-eye contact. Listen with, her, with our whole body. Focus mm. on them. And let them know that we're tuned in. Yes. And what's important to them should be equally important to us as listeners. It will amaze you when you're talking to your wife. I've been doing a little experiment. Um, I hope my wife's not listening today. (laughs) But I've been doing an experiment at my house this past couple of weeks, seeing how my wife reacts when she's talking to me when I get home and we're in the normal course of living Staring directly at her, engaging more with her, Mm. and actually being closer even when I'm talking rather than walking around doing things. But actually stop. Like last night, for example, I came home Mm -hmm. and came into the the kitchen and carrying my briefcase. And she started talking to me about something, not just how's your day, but she started telling me something. And I actually stopped, Mm. put my briefcase down stood there in the kitchen with her. Typically, you want to just walk over and put your briefcase down over there while they're talking. Oh, really? Uh uh Uh-huh, (laughs) uh-huh. But I didn't do that. I stopped right dead in my tracks, put my briefcase down, stared at her, and engaged in the conversation Mm, with her talking. And you would not believe how her face lit up. Wow. That made all the difference. Made a huge difference. And I was mm. like looking at her like, oh, my goodness, I can't mm. believe the the. Um, it was almost like seeing a fulfillment in her face. Like, man, he really cares what? about what I'm talking about. And it was about a tennis 
game yeah. or something. I can't, I can't remember. Sure. But I was listening. <laughs> but, but that's such a simple thing, Randy, but it, it is a powerful thing. And it's something every guy could do. Every it guy. just be intentional and in just zoning in, focusing in on your wife when she's talking to you. That yes. That is something every man could do. And I challenge every guy to do what Randy has done and uh, begin to really listen to your wife. It also helps you as a man feel more fulfilled because you actually feel like you're participating in their life events. Mm, that's good. And so that was good. And also, for those of you who have children, yeah, um, this also teaches your children how they're going to listen to their spouses that's a and good other point. people in their life. It really is. And are continuing uh, to look at uh, the traits of an honorable husband, number seven, an honorable husband possesses a good sense of humor. <laughs> there you oh, go. I just thought we'd laugh. That's it. <laughs> you know, the Bible speaks about having a good sense of humor. Proverbs 17, 22. A cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Psalm 32, 11. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. Now, you apply this to your marriage. A sense of humor and the ability to laugh with your family and at yourself strengthens your family and gives them the freedom to make mistakes. Have a good sense of humor. And in fact, it is a choice that you can make in your home, in your family. Your family should remember that there was laughter in your home. And also, I've noticed that when there's a tense situation in your marriage or in your home, if you're discussing something that is heavy... A sense of humor can help diffuse a tense situation. 100%. It, it certainly can. You know, uh, a lot of humorous things happen in marriage. And being a pastor, um, we've had a lot of humorous things happen with people in our church. And I remember as a young pastor, Angie and I were invited into the home of a couple. And uh, we went to the home and... Uh, walked in, and uh, it was one of the most filthy homes we had ever been in in our lives. And so we sat down, and uh, the lady served us. I can't even tell you what it was, but it was the awfulest-looking mess of stuff I've ever seen in my life. And she gave it to Angie and to me, and she just sat there, and they were going to watch us eat. And uh, and I'm looking at it, and Angie's looking at it, and I'm trying to act like I'm eating it without actually eating it and picking around it. And uh, the lady commented to me, and she said, oh, you, you look like you're really enjoying this. I'll get you some more. And Angie, <laughs> and Angie says to me, or says to her, oh, that's okay. I know that you don't have enough for, to go around. Let me give Jay my because he loves it so much. So she gave me hers. 
When we got in the car that night, we had, first of all, a good laugh. Mm-hmm. And then I said, don't ever do that again. Yeah, don't ever do that again. <laughs> you know, we look back at those things and, and we laugh. And those moments are precious to us now. Yes. Maybe at the time they're not so funny. Right. But it's important to look back and to be able to laugh at the things that happen in marriage. Yes. And uh, to laugh at the things that happen in your family. I'm telling you, when you go back, when you get together at Christmas, you get together at Thanksgiving with your family, what do they remember? The times when you laughed, the times when you had that uh, funny thing uh, that occurred. Yes. So have a great sense of humor, you all. The spiritual leader is positive, not negative. He's an encourager and not a discourager. He's grateful for what he has and doesn't dwell on what he doesn't have. Yeah, and sometimes just to add to that a little bit is that some of you may be saying, well, I'm just not a funny guy. I just, I don't know a lot of jokes. I, I'm, I'm not witty or whatever. So, but that doesn't matter. This is your family. You know, if you have children, they're looking at you as, you know, looking up at you like, man, that's my dad, yeah. you know, and your wife also. And so you have to make a conscious effort to try to be goofy and goof off. Yes, yes there's a time and a place for everything. So you, you have to balance that. But in your everyday life, you don't want to be remembered as the boring dad, the dad who was so, you know, serious all the time. grumpy. Grumpy old guy, you know, whatever it is. So try to make a conscious effort. Goof around. Put ice down your wife's shirt in the back. You know, do it to your kids, you know. Um, Just just have fun in life. That's it. Just have fun. Number eight is um, showing our wife's affection. You know, it's it is one of our wives' greatest needs. It and, is. you know, as an honorable husband, we we should show our affection. But affection does not, that that does not always have a goal that wants to lead to sex. That's right. You know, and, and again, go back to God laughing up there because right. the two most important needs of man and woman is for a woman is affection, <laughs> sensitivity, love, caring, That's comfort. Right. And... There's a lot more. And right. for men, it's one. It's simple. It's sex. <laughs> Two we, is we, sex. And sex three is sex. The top three <laughs> are sex. We feel loved with sex, and they feel loved with sensitivity, comfort, affection, right. affirmation. And so it's very difficult to balance for us, but we have to, again, be conscious and show um, that we're showing affection because we love her and we're grateful right. for her. So things like touching her lovingly, hugging yeah. her, hold her hand, you know, sit close to her on the couch at night. Right. Get the door for her always. Yes. Whether it's the car door or any other door. Yes. Hold her, kiss her, you know, use your hands and your words to express just how much she means to her. That's Holding right. hands, putting your arm around her. Things of that nature, letting her go ahead of you. Yes. When you're going into a restaurant or going, just walking, don't walk in front of her. Exactly. I see so many men walking and they're way out in front of their wife and their children who are walking behind them. 
Yes. Not good, guys, you know? The other night, we were on our way to a date, and uh, we were in the car, and uh, Angie just reached over and grabbed my hand as we were driving. And, you know, that meant the world to me, just having that, that moment of touch that just says, I'm glad we're together. It's so simple, yeah. but it was profound. And and again, you see how you felt when yes. she did that to you. Imagine how she feels when you're expressing the same exactly. kind of non-sexual affirmations and touch. It's, it's amazing what it does. It is. So we talked earlier, uh, we mentioned about opening a door. I wanted to read a story. Yeah. Um, this was, I read, a, I read a story of a man who generally was lacking in manners. Yeah. You know, he never opened the car door for his wife. Mm. She doesn't have two broken arms, he would say. And after many years of marriage, his wife finally passed away. Uh, at the funeral, as the pallbearers brought her casket out to the hearse, the husband was standing by the car door. The funeral director, who knew the husband by name, called out to him and said, Hey, open the door for her, will you? Mm. He reached for the car door, and then, for one second, he froze. Wow. He realized that he had never opened the door for her in life. Ooh. But now, in her death, it would be the first and last and only time Ooh. that he opened the door for her. A lifetime of regret came crashing down around him. Oh, my. Yeah, so, in Romans twelve ten. Paul says, be devoted to one another in love, honor one another above ourselves. A simple thing like opening the car door. Wow. Number nine, be sensitive to your wife's needs. Study your wife. Major in your wife. Listen to Peter's advice on marriage and meeting the needs of your wife in 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. A spiritual leader is intentional about knowing what is wife needs and when she needs it. He listens carefully to determine what she needs. Further, he knows what she likes and what she doesn't like and diligently acts accordingly. If he knows something bothers her or aggravates her, he'll try to avoid that. He knows when she's tired, frustrated, or discouraged. In fact, he anticipates her needs before they become needs. He speaks kindly and considerately and uses words to affirm and encourage her. He says and does things that let her know he cares about her needs. His actions reflect his desire to meet those needs. He does those things that help her feel secure. Keep in mind, guys, that you and your wife are distinctly different and even think differently uh, as this uh, story that I want Randy to share uh, so vividly portrays. So this is a husband with uh, Alzheimer's who proposed again to his wife <laughs> of 38 years. And we're going to wrap up with this story, guys. Michael Joyce was his name. Michael Joyce's memory and some of his speech have been snatched by Alzheimer's. The disease was so advanced that he forgot he was married to his wife of 38 years. Mm. But he is in love with her, and he is also a very honorable man. So he proposed to her on a recent morning. (laughs) She said, yes, you don't say. Oh, 
We're, we're already married, Linda Joyce, 64, told <laughs> the New, Ze- New Zealand News site called Stuff. So I said, of course I will, <laughs> thinking he might not remember. But the next morning, Michael Joyce, 68, woke up and asked her, so, when are we doing this, according to Stuff? <laughs> Here's how Linda invited her friends and community to their second wedding. Uh. My adored hubby of 38 years suffers from Alzheimer's dysphagia. Two nights ago, out of the blue, with tear-filled eyes, he asked me to marry him. Michael had clearly forgotten we were already married. But I absolutely went along with him and I said I would be delighted to be his wife. In spite of his confused mind, he obviously knows and feels this is something he really wants to do. To Michael, it will be our wedding ceremony, and to our friends and myself, a truly precious, memorable occasion. Mm. On their wedding morning, Linda Joyce said she wasn't sure he would remember, but he woke up and told his (laughs) betrothed, today's the day. The beaming couple, originally from Scotland, exchanged vows at a scenic lake near their home as friends looked on. Mm. There's been a lot of sadness and a lot of frustration, Linda Joyce said, and despite all the fogginess, Today has been pure joy. That's powerful. You know, you guys must be such an honorable husband that your wife knows that no matter what happens, you would ask her to marry you all over again. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We'll look forward to you joining us next time for the next podcast. Wingman out. Thank you for listening to the Wingman Men's Moment weekly podcast. The Wingman Men's Ministry is based around the Air Force concept of a wingman. It uses the fighter jet theme and parallels the duties of a wingman in the Air Force, his commitment to his pilot and flight team, and how they're related to the men of your church and their commitment to God in their lives, their families, and their Christian brothers. Visit us at wingmannation.com.